Hello and welcome to Castival. This is the podcast which brings on brilliant guests to pitch their dream music festival. My name is Matt Hoss and I'm the host and I'm here to guide you around their festival. Today's guest is an award-winning musical comedian, all-star performer and star of Britain's Got Talent. It's the wonderful and superb Johnny Awesome. Hello! Hello, and it's very early. Um, both, <laughs> both of us are, uh, like you described before we came on, treating this like getting up and going for a run. So <laughs> let's hope we don't pull anything. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we're not too sweaty at the end of it as well. <laughs> but welcome, Johnny. It's a real treat to have you here. And uh, yeah, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, but my first thing that I want to say about it is it's very difficult because when you actually start thinking about picking bands that you like to say to the world these are my favorite bands it is just a nightmare because there's yeah. just so many bands that you want to have so it means you have to leave i'm like last night i was watching telly with my wife and i went in my head i went i'm leaving out rage against the machine what the hell am i doing welcome to the curse of castable my friend i know it's like a stephen king novel where it starts starts well and then slowly it turns the wheel turns you think oh i've seen what's going to start going wrong here it's going to be really bad and yeah so uh Sorry, I'm just going to apologise now to any bands or artists <laughs> that I leave out of my choices. Yeah, I, I tell you what, um, yeah, Paul McCartney's going to be very upset with you right now. So uh, <laughs> he's going to listen to this podcast, send you a very uh, sassy tweet as well. But uh, yeah, th- this podcast is like the monkey's paw of uh, of audio, uh, and yeah, it's it, it can be quite troublesome. But like, I can tell that it's going to be one of my favourite records because like every time people anguish over their lineup because it's impossible to have the perfect festival, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, we we always do say if people who are struggling you're welcome to come back in the future and do another separate lineup as well so you can have two bites of the cherry as that's well. good that does make me feel a bit calmer <laughs> yeah. it's a rage against machine they can come on next year honestly i was quite angry with myself I, and then i thought <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not changing it now i've done it i've printed it off for me i don't know about you matt but if i print something off that's it that's yeah. it then i don't i'm lying in the sand it's down yeah it's on my desk ready for the morning i was, I was all prepared and i was like i just went I've not put Rage Against the Machine on it. What am I doing? <laughs> I tell you what, I, I love the discipline you brought to this. Because sometimes people turn up, they do, uh, they improvise it, and that's absolutely fine. We we love anything that people bring to the table. <laughs> but but there's also there was also another um, train of thought, which a lot of people do, like the Michael Legs of the universe, who <laughs> bring uh, like uh, three pages of documents, and we're not leaving until he says every single word on the page. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's great, Michael. I, I can really see that happening. I've got a sheet here which I'm happy to take you through. But listen, it's your podcast, so you lead the way, and I will uh, I will answer. <laughs> well, before we get into anything, we're just going to uh, uh, learn a little bit more about you and your tastes. Uh, so if someone were to ask you, Johnny, what kind of music are you into, how do you typically respond? And is it that response, I've left Rage Against Machine out! <laughs> um, I guess a lot of people would say everything, but as a songwriter, so as well as writing comedy, I also... Uh, I've always written non-comedy you know like just music Um, and so I'm like a big fan of anything that I just think is like a great song so I'd say rock is like my favourite flavour of Mm -hmm. the uh, 99 flavours but I think um, (laughs) that I you know I can totally hear like a a pop song by a real proper pop artist and think wow that's a good bit of songwriting there Um, so Mm -hmm. yeah everything but my fave would definitely settle with rock 
Nice, yeah. uh, and I think that's a it's a really nice approach to that answer because like I think it's really easy to say everything, but actually, um, yeah, I think it can be. Um, I think uh, enjoying all art forms and all genres is really important. But if you had to choose like extremes of your likes and uh, like your what is like the extremes of your range of tastes? You know, what's uh, what's the extreme ends of that? Well, let's go into my phone now. <laughs> let's go on to iTunes quickly and let's have a look at my artists and I'll say to you number one thing coming up there is aha okay, so yeah. that's you know that's a corner isn't it that's a corner yeah. um, it's another a corner yeah. Bastille um, yeah. or in another corner Beastie Boys next to them nice um, and then I mean Christa Berg's on there how come Christa Berg is on there let's have a look oh okay yeah so I've got a parody that I do called Dinner Lady in Red. <laughs> yes, nice. And I think I must have bought that song to, uh, you know, have a good listen to how it went and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think, um, I, I mean, I'm looking through this now. There's some country in here. There's some, the distillers in here. Nice. Dolly Parton. Yeah. I mean, it looks to me a bit like, like a monkey has got hold of my phone and just started ordering things. <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason to this, is there at all? A bit like uh, if you get infinite monkeys iPods, they will come up with your playlist. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, that's exactly yeah. it. Um, yeah, so I'd say uh, many different flavours. But I mean, I, you know, I, I like a musical, uh, but I also like heavy metal. Yes, yeah. nice. So from, from Dolly Parton to, uh, yeah, to be fair, distillers are pretty heavy, I would say. But, uh, but yeah, so we're going to be talking about kind of festivals you've been to. Have you, um, are you a fan of festivals? How many have you been to outside of work? I have probably played more than I've been to. Um, it's often the case, yeah. Yeah, just because... You know, I started doing comedy about, I don't know, 10 years ago or something like that. And I kind of worked out mm -hmm. that my stuff is quite good for a festival because it's music and comedy together. And obviously, you know, going on stage with a guitar works quite well. The first one I did that was a sort of proper one was Download. And yes, yeah. that was an experience. Like, I ended up having a really amazing night, but I was really scared about playing that. I didn't really get that nervous about stuff, but I was really scared because... I was just convinced that because I play an acoustic guitar like that I plug in, I was just convinced that as soon as I walked on with that, the audience was going to like just eat me alive. Like, you know, what the hell is this? This isn't a, you know, a black, <laughs> pointy, you know, washburn, like, you know, metal guitar or whatever. What the hell is this guy doing, you know? Yeah, where's your BC Rich Warlock, you twat? Come on. <laughs> exactly. Come on, go for it, yeah. So... I kind of like in in any situation like that where I think I might be kind of going into something that could be a bit tricky. I always try and kind of like um, do a bit of work on it before. So what I did was I came up with um, uh, a good idea, which was to look at the lineup and see. Okay, Metallica are one of the headliners uh, mm -hmm. of that year that I was there, and so I ended up doing like a a sort of welcoming song to the to my set uh, based on um, nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. um, but the lyric that I got the whole crowd to sing and it was a really big old crowd was um, let's get fucking battered <laughs> and uh, believe it or not yes. you know on a, one of the first nights of the festival with about I don't know a thousand people in a comedy tent if you say to them uh, I've written a song and there's a bit in it that you sing where you all go let's get fucking battered and it's like the, that sort of crackle of electricity at the start of a festival when people have still got money left and haven't taken all their drugs and everything they sang it matt they yes. sang the words back to me um <laughs> yeah and i ended up having a really good one but um yeah i was convinced it was going to be a nightmare and then it ended up being um very pleasant 
Very Great. nice. Yeah. I, I'm a bit of a download connoisseur, and I'm just trying to figure out the year that was. Was that, um, was that 2012? That feels pretty good to me, yeah. It was yeah. quite early on when I was starting out. Um, yeah. Spiky so Mike cool. used to book it, and uh, I'd done a few gigs for him, and he gave me a spot, and um, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I saw one of my favourite ever comedy things at Download once. It might have, I don't know if it was that year or another year, but I saw um, um, Bob Slayer mm -hmm. uh, get into um, a wheelie bin and um, get crowd surfed around the um, the crowd, <laughs> and he ended wow. up he ended up like properly injuring himself. Uh, that isn't the funny bit, but um, <laughs> thank thank but, you because that punchline would have been really yeah, sad. But here's here's the great here's the great sort of finish to this is that because of that incident they had to add something into the contract for all performers playing download. And I've got this from a good source, which basically states that you won't do something like that, i.e., you know, get in a wheelie bin and go around the crowd. But apparently, like everybody from you know Bob now up to Aerosmith have to sign that same thing because of what Bob did <laughs> nice yeah imagine like you know like uh, I don't know like um, Alter Bridge you know like oh what we can't do a wheelie bin trick this, yeah. this is fucking bullshit absolutely brilliant so I think he's quite proud of that he's done a lot of things Bob but I think that's one thing that he's probably quite proud of is that everybody has to sign this thing this kind of disclaimer because of his uh, of his yeah, activities and have you ever crowd served yourself Johnny I definitely have when I was younger and went to gigs. I've not done it as a performer, but um, yeah, like when I used to go to bands when I was kind of a teenager and um, I used to see, oh my God, like Ned's Atomic Dustbin and Senseless Things and The Levelers and like, all, you know, all the kind of bands that we were getting into at that time. Uh, yeah, it was a big thing to climb up the speakers and jump off. I mean, it's just mad. It's absolutely mad. I'm, I'm 44 now. There's no way I'll do that now. I'm just, I'm just describing it to myself. I'm thinking, no way I'm doing that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I used to do it when I was little. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully you have a chance at your own festival. But before we get into uh, your main lineup, let's go and set up camp in your festival. Hello and welcome to season five of Castable. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It really means the world to me. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please make sure to give it five stars on Spotify or Apple or whatever platform that you're using and give it a nice review. If you like the podcast, please tell a friend, share it. If you want to have bonus content and financially support the podcast, why don't you become a Patreon for a little pound a month where you get to have bonus podcasts, videos and so much more. Best way to support the podcast is keep on listening to the show and enjoy the rest of the season. Before we can have your dream festival, Johnny, we need to um, kind of learn the admin and the background information. So we're going to ask some questions about your festival. Okay. So, first things first, what is the name of your festival? My festival is called the Frisky Frog Festival. Whoa, going in strong there. I yeah. like that strong name, long name. Good stuff. Can you tell me all about it, please? Well, I have a thing where when I go to gigs, it doesn't happen that often, but sometimes I come off and I think the audience did not get into it enough. It's it's a thing of mine and I will text my wife and say, Timid Toads tonight. That's what I'll say. Yes, that means yeah, I'm yeah. not very happy with how the audience has like, you know like my thing is if you go to a comedy night, at least have a bit of a crack, you know, like like as in, yes. yeah, have a go, right? Be be a part of it. So Yeah, because sometimes people come in with um 
the kind of crossed arms attitude me like right make me laugh then and that's not uh, a good mindset exactly, for comedy is it <laughs> exactly and as you know if you gig a lot you do lots of gigs that are wonderful and fun and you just think to yourself like that's what you could have that's what i think to the timid toad audience i think you could have a night like that or you could kind of choose and sort of almost dig your feet in to not have a fun night so to me it just makes like sort of zero sense i think mm -hmm. like why would you want to kind of do that so i'm not talking about somebody not necessarily loving your stuff or laughing at your stuff like that's a that's a different thing what i'm talking about is people sort of actively choosing to not let go be a part of the evening you know like if an mc comes out you've got somebody really good on who knows what they're doing and they sort of say hey you know you look like a kind of nice person what's your name and they sort of you know give them a clever name or they don't tell mm. you what their name is whatever you think oh god here we go like so a timid toad audience is something i'm not a fan of now if it's a good gig if i uh feel like you know it was party animal central then um i'll, men I'll mention it to my wife on a text she quite often will say frisky frogs <laughs> the opposite <laughs> of timid toads yeah so yes. i want my festival to be for people who want to let go and have an amazing time and i might even have a disclaimer underneath my festival title that says timid toads need not apply <laughs> and also the second disclaimer is please don't get into a wheelie bin you're not allowed to do that <laughs> yeah there's a, there's a star for the first thing there's two stars for the bob thing yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> um, that's a really nice name frisky frog festival and even the name has a lot of like fun about it. Do you know I mean it feels like a fun place? Like you're there to have a nice time. There's no, you know, no, you know, no bad energy whatsoever. We're here to have a nice time. Exactly. And I had a a really great idea, which I thought was because I want people to kind of leave their inhibitions at the gate and to come in and let go. I was thinking, what's the best way of doing that? I thought, okay, you need to get over that immediately. So here's my plan: when you arrive at the festival. You have to go on stage, the main stage, and you have yeah. to dance for just a moment to <laughs> my first band of the festival. Now, my first band of the festival is the original lineup from the film The Commitments. That is my first band, okay? Okay, yeah. That film changed my life. Like, I watched that film and I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. I want to be in a band. And I'll, you know, I can talk about that more. But I think if people had to get up and just dance for a moment in front of the crowd, um, then I think, you know, the worst thing has happened kind of for a lot of people, right? To get up in public and to dance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and But it's quite a unifying thing, right? Like you're all outside your comfort zone a little bit, but yeah. in a like, good way, everyone's in it together, having a positive time. Dancing to the commitments, which is like, a, I don't know much about them, but like uh, the, the, that is a nice, you're setting the tone early on, right? Like, you know, yeah, they're a soul band. We're... Um, yeah. It's an amazing film if you've not seen it. I would recommend anybody watch that film. Uh, you might want to quit your job after it and be in a band. I don't know. Um, but here's, <laughs> the, here's yeah. the other thing, Matt, that I think that, that plays well um, for my festival is that if you arrive really early, like on time, then you're not going to actually have to dance to, in front of that many people. So all the people that arrive late, all the kind of, you know, the sort of like fashionably late people and whatever, they're going to they're going to be going on in front of a big old crowd, aren't they? You see what I'm yeah, saying? Absolutely. The first person there doesn't dance to anyone, do they? Absolutely. <laughs> so you're, you're really, there's a policy in place which uh, rewards um, early birds and kind Promptness. of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, the punctuality. That's, that's, <laughs> I love that. A punctual <laughs> festival. Let's be frisky frogs, but let's be here on time. Thank you I was very just going to say, I, I've just realised like, a slight flaw in my. <laughs> 
festival planning, which is it's like say, let go, just go wild and crazy, but do it on time. <laughs> For okay. the love of God. <laughs> yeah. That's a third disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, brilliant. So um, we've kind of uh, already found out what the first band is, but before we learn more people, let's, let's find out some more information. Whereabouts geographically is the festival? Um, I haven't thought of that, so I'm going to do that now. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely fine. Okay, well, I think one of my favourite places I've ever been in the world, because it almost looked like a, just a picture wherever I went, was Cape Town. I went to oh, Cape nice. Town. Yeah, I've been twice, actually, to, to, um, to be filmed in TV adverts that I've done, because they, like mm. they film a lot of stuff in Cape Town. And um, it's just amazing. I went on a tour on a bus, and it stopped at things like a beach and botanical gardens and different mm -hmm. bits of the city and uh, all sorts of stuff and um, I appreciate there are some um, uh, different sides to Cape Town as well mm -hmm. I, I know I kind of was seeing the, the sort of more uh, glam side of it but with the weather and uh, the, the beautiful scenery in fact fuck it let's have it on top of Table Mountain in Cape okay. Town okay there you go <laughs> Done. But what happened there uh, was I haven't, I haven't made an answer to this, so I'll say the first thing that pops into my head, then we'll turn it all up to 11. Like, so, so we're on top of a mountain. Well, Table Mountain's flat. That's why it's called Table oh, Mountain. So it's oh, perfect for this. Yeah. It's, oh, I it's, see. Uh, I've given it a lot of thought, at least 38 <laughs> seconds. And <laughs> that's where we're having it, Matt. So, yeah, on well, top of Table Mountain in Cape Town, please. Uh, that's absolutely, yeah, uh, that sounds great. Um, I, I, I was a little, um, th there is a slight contradiction there, because I thought if it was uh, all the way up a mountain, that it would be kind of like, uh, well, make sure you're here on time, or else, <laughs> like, but you're not all the way up in the mountain, so that's, but like, I feel like that's, if it's, if it's a flat mountain, fair dues, it's fair game, I would say. Well, we could have some kind of uh, cable car systeming going mm -hmm. on, or coaches or something there must be, i mean you know i've been up table mountain i think it's i think you go up by a cable car so yeah that that's how it'll be good imagine sharing a cable car with one of the acts that's going to be playing that'd be amazing <laughs> wouldn't it yeah just hanging out with uh i say that aerosmith just be like right are you uh, gonna dance uh, oh, no you're one of the acts fair play um but yeah okay that's great and uh it's a camping on top of uh table mountain yes very much camping um I advise people to bring drills to drill into the mountain to put their <laughs> tents up. <laughs> no, there's grass up there. There is grass. It's not just it's not just a big old rock. I think I've done a lot of research into this. Uh, yeah, camping definitely because it's a three day festival. It's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And um, I mean that's part of why I, I think it would be good for uh, to encourage people to get there on time because they've got to get up the mountain, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I tell you what, I've done this podcast for about three years, and it's the first ever time I've heard of bring a power drill. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you've heard nothing yet. We haven't even yeah. got to the lineup yet. Yeah, you wait. Absolutely. You wait. Penultimate question in this section How much uh, would you charge per ticket without revealing the lineup? It's free. It's a free festival. <gasps> free festival? Nice. Yes. Yeah, it's a free festival because the world, let's face it, I would say since Brexit started yes. I mean, we've got, we went we went brexit then we had um uh i almost forgot about coronavirus then we yeah. then we had corona then we had the storms uh mm -hmm. and now very sadly you know there's a war mm -hmm. happening so i'd like to do this i'm gonna pay for it oh nice yeah that's i mean, uh, I mean... i'm hoping the lineup will accept the amount of money that i have which is not that much <laughs> <laughs> but look, I'm hoping they'll think the same thing. We need to have some joy in the world when we can get it, right? 
So absolutely, and I, that's a really nice idea. And it's um, yeah, it's a free festival. That's very sweet of you. Although I mean, you've you got know. to get yourself to Cape Town and up a mountain. But apart from that, it's free. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a false economy, but yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> and um, how many days have your festival, sir? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The classic, the classic, classic lineup. Yeah. Nice. Final question, Johnny. At your festival, what kind of role are you going to be taking? Are you going to be out there having fun in the fields? Are you quite the background manager? Are you good with the A and R? Like, what what kind of person would you be like at your festival? I am going to be like the glue in the magic sandwich. I am going to make sure that everything is happening, that everyone is happy. Um, you know, people have charged their power drills before they go to sleep, <laughs> that kind of thing. I'll yeah. be, I'll be like, um, you know, knocking about, and yeah. uh, you know, a part of the uh, the deal. I won't be hiding backstage or anything. I'll be, I'll be yeah. in the mix. I will yeah, be. Can't... I'll be stage diving. There we go. So kind of a mixture of things, like hanging out with some acts, like kind of having fun in the fields, and uh, um, as you say, the, the magic glue in the in the sandwich. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, uh, I've never had a glue in the sandwich before, but fair play. Um, uh, but <laughs> let's head, let's head over to your um, main party of our, your festival. Let's go and see your lineup. Festival, if you can hear me, I want you to sing along. Go for it. We we know on your Friday the first band on is the commitments, right? That's Thursday. That's just when everyone's Thursday. arriving. Oh, I see. So that's yeah. before we even get there. I see. Yeah. Sorry. So Got that's you. just like arrival day. Thursday is just you know the day to pitch up. I mean you know we've got to get everyone up there. We've got to get the tents up and that kind of thing. So Thursday is just uh, get everyone over and then it starts Friday. Nice. And also, I, how long are the commitments playing for? Because if they're covering everyone who's arriving that day, which could be from like 12 o'clock <laughs> all the way to midnight, <laughs> is, it, is, that, is that a feasible? Yeah. <laughs> how they, much are they being paid? They are a great band for long sets. Everyone knows that. And I mean, the good thing is the commitments... So in that film, it's about a guy putting a band together in Dublin, and mm. at the time, no one is doing soul, and he he gets this band together. It's great. I won't spoil it, but basically they play like all the sort of old soul classics, and it, it's just it's just like a perfect fit for the time that they're doing that in Dublin, and you know, the state of the world and stuff, and mm. um, and so the good thing is we've got the entire kind of soul back catalogue you know back catalogue to use mm -hmm. it can be done I went to see Stevie Wonder once in Hyde mm -hmm. Park and he played for four hours Matt wow nice he played for four hours now I'm not I'm not gonna lie it wasn't as good as I thought because <laughs> he played for four hours and yet he missed about half of his hits out what how oh, does that no. even happen how no. does that happen yeah see that's see that's that went from awfully pleasant to like very quickly do you know what I mean because like like, um, like I remember seeing um Bon Jovi also in Hyde Park and I, I think that was a turning point for me because I was a big Bon Jovi fan before then and afterwards not so much and like and they played again for about three and a half hours and they they don't have as many hits as you think they do 
and yeah, and yeah, it was. And it was at the point about three hours in, and we're like, "Do you want another on call?" I was like, "No, I want to go home, please." <laughs> I love Bon Jovi though. I mean, I I totally get what you're saying there. Yeah, that sounds like a similar thing. My some of my first stand-up that I wrote was about going to see Bon Jovi. Yeah, it was about um, seeing them at. Milton Keynes Bowl when actually they were supposed to have been the first band to play at the new Wembley Stadium yeah and uh, John stopped the song and said hey I just want to say something guys and everyone was like whoa what's going on what's this bit and John was like um, I just want to thank everyone for coming down and being here on this special day you know Milton Keynes Bowl and I was like Ray! and he went um, he goes yeah you know we're supposed to do the show at Wembley Stadium but um, you know still not finished whatever and he went hey if those guys don't finish it soon I might go down there and build it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was like, "Ray!" And I was like, "Don't encourage him. Like, seriously, yeah. don't." Um, yeah. So I used to do this bit about John Bon Jovi turning up on the building site yeah. and uh, being a nightmare to do to you know to work with. Like, um, have you got any experience, John? And him being like, "Well, no, I've got you know this guitar and some dreams." It's like, okay, well, if you can start over there with that wall, and then. Um, you know, mid <laughs> midpoint through building it, John going like, "Whoa, we're halfway there." <laughs> so yeah, I used to do, do no, some yeah. stuff about him, but um, yeah, I can. Yeah, I think we're on the same page there with um, not doing too long sets. But this is different because they're just like the background music for everyone arriving and dancing. So you know, yeah, it's like, different. It's, it's people arriving, isn't it? But yeah. To set the tone of your festival, let's let's go to your Friday and. Um, who is the first act on opening up that Friday? Because like the main gates are open, um, it's always important to get that that first note correctly. And the, I think the first band kind of summarizes the whole of the festival. Who is your festival opener? Okay, I have each day. I, I'm only going to do Friday now, but each day I have my opener on the piano. That's how it Whoa. works. Okay. Okay. Nice. So my first act for my festival proper is '69, Paul McCartney on the piano wow yes because That's... I've just finished watching the <laughs> Apple documentary and I basically love Paul McCartney now and I want yeah. to marry him but only only the 69 version the one where you know his kid's little and he's oh my Got god beard. he's just so great he just comes in and goes well I've got this and then just starts playing like a massive <laughs> monster hit and everyone goes yeah I quite like that Paul That's quite good yeah what words have you got it's like what the fuck <laughs> um, so yeah Paul McCartney just him on the piano full yeah. strength McCartney that is that's full strength yeah that's uh, yeah there's no half matches there whatsoever and yeah Paul McCartney um, especially in that era I think a lot of people fell in love with uh, well Johnny I'll be honest I think a lot of people see themselves in Paul McCartney in that documentary especially some comedians because like well some comedians are definitely John Lennon some comedians are definitely Paul McCartney and I, yeah. I'm definitely a Paul McCartney because uh, Paul McCartney is the person who's like right uh, right he's the kind of person that in a sketch group organises the group he books the Airbnb for Edinburgh Fringe Festival he does all the admin document he drives all the way yes. there he's, he's the driving force of the band the rest of them like I'll turn up and uh, you know I'll, I won't do my lines till the day before. That's the end. Like Paul McCartney's like oh, that's the organisation, and I love that. Absolutely, he he would approve of my get there on time thing, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he certainly would. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's my first guy. I mean, it would just be great, right? I mean, at that point they've like they've kind of done it. They're like you know they've really peaked, but also he can still sing like amazingly well at that point. I love Paul McCartney now, but. You know his voice is just not 
it's just an age thing that's all it is he's just not quite got the same range and stuff anymore but back then he, he was yeah. just the best the best well so. yeah I've seen Paul McCartney um, in the last 10 years and um, I really do love um, Paul McCartney but obviously it's um, yeah it's it is different and it's obviously not quite the same as in that magical time and especially in that documentary it really catches him at, that, at his strength but yeah absolutely I think if you could have anything which is the whole point of this podcast 69 P- McCartney fantastic and yeah. uh, what a way to start your festival that's a high bar and I think that's gonna be really really good so who's following Paul McCartney though that's a tough that's a tough one I thought exactly the same thing and I know the man for the job is my friend Frank Turner wow um, yes now this yes. is acoustic set so it's the same each day it goes piano then acoustic set and I, again I won't tell you the other days yet and then mm-hmm. and then it goes mental basically <laughs> so yeah. Frank, well, my fa- my favorite free instruments piano acoustic guitar and mental <laughs> yeah wow okay frank doing his greatest hits on the guitar um he could do it he's 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 definitely up to it um known frank for a long time he's one of the nicest people in the industry i'd say i mean you know how, i don't know how many people who on the day of having a number one album if you text them and sort of said like I'm so happy for you, man. Like, you know, amazing. Would within about five minutes text back and say, Thanks so much and you know, like whatever. Yeah. He's always stayed the same. That's what I think is so brilliant about him. I always knew he'd get there, but he's always stayed the same. I think Frank Turner has um just that kind of that integrity that is um you know obviously a lot of acts do have that, but he he's very true to his vision and I think the the music's always coming from um place of empathy and kindness you know what I mean and it's it's really nice to see that yeah definitely he's the real deal I mean I can remember sitting with him at like in a above a rehearsal studio in a flat late one night like in the middle of the night when we'd all been out and stuff and he, he sang me a song I can really remember it like even though I was smashed I can remember it clear as day me saying to him did, I just looked at him and said did you write that and uh he said yeah and I just looked at him and I said flipping out like you know, there's just no way you're not going to do it. I can just, I just, you know, again, as a songwriter, he, he was just knocking stuff out that was so good. I just thought, there's no way this isn't going to get picked up and start happening. And then a few years later, I remember me and my wife went to see him support Green Day at Wembley Stadium. Wow. And uh, Frank came out with a guitar on his own and sang um, one of those songs I was just describing there that, you know, he'd played to me at that, uh, in that flat. And uh, I just was like just totally teared up. I was like, this is just incredible. The journey of, you know, from from back then to now. And and the same thing, you know, we sat with a guitar. Um, sorry, not not sat on stage at the gig, but um, <laughs> with a guitar. You just sat down on stage. Like, just <laughs> it looked up. quite cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just pouring it out. Just, you know, his, his stuff is so sort of heart on sleeve and especially the new album, I'd say. And um, yeah, I'm really proud of him and, and proud to know him. And uh, I think he would be incredible following Paul. Absolutely. And like, again, I, I think there's very few people who could come on after Paul McCartney. Uh, but I think Frank Turner has that, I don't know, the right spirit to do it afterwards as well. And, and obviously 69 Paul McCartney, um, I think with a solo stuff, it's going to have that kind of like the long and winding road kind of vibe as well as some hit, like the, the more beat stuff. But I think Frank Turner will really put that that liveliness there you yeah know, there's a absolutely. fire there and i, I mean he really... 
he's earned his stripes in lots of ways, but I, I can remember a lot of tours that he got put on where he would open for people like The Offspring and mm -hmm. Blink-182 and stuff like that. And you come out to that crowd, you know, with an acoustic guitar, in, fact, in a way, it's a bit like, um, I'm not comparing myself to Frank Taylor here, but in a way, it's like <laughs> what I was saying about Download, you know, coming out with acoustic and thinking, oh, are they going to go for this? But I've seen Frank at those kind of shows because he's been amazing to me over the years. He's put me on the list for so many things. And, you know, he's walked out and sort of gone, I don't know anybody in this gigantic stadium you know and i'm opening for a band they're all they've all come to see and then by the end of his set he's you know he's won them over he's like won that crowd over he's taken a chunk of that fan base away and that's you know and that's graft and that's being on the road and and building it up so yeah um frank turner acoustic set and to be clear it's frank turner the 2022 version <laughs> yes not the 1969 version. no not 69 version no <laughs> um so when did you start your friendship with uh frank turner so he used to go to the LFC, that was the uni he was at, and I used to work yes. there on the bar. I was I was in a, a band at the time, a rock band, and um, I worked like a bar job there. So what we was your met, rock band called? My band was called the Bazookas, and it was like a <laughs> yes. heavy metal yeah. band. Nice. Um, well, not really heavy metal, I'd say more rock. But um, yeah, it's funny, I've, I've seen quite a few times since Frank said in um, interviews that the only person that he's still kind of friends with or, or still sort of is in touch with from when he was at LFC is uh, is is me because I was the barman <laughs> so I used to give nice. him uh, his uh, Jack Daniels and stuff um, but uh, yeah known him since then and um, and still in touch properly and uh, yeah he's flying so well done Frank that's awesome gonna be a, a very a very difficult fe festival to, uh, to keep up because that's a that's a lively Friday but who's headlining on your Friday evening Friday night first band I ever went to see live the prodigy wow okay yeah, that's what I'm talking we, about we talked about download <laughs> 2012 early and they were headlining the Friday actually it's similar uh, identical to yours and uh, so talk us through the prodigy and that was your first ever gig yeah first proper gig I went to see you know bought a ticket went with my mates you know no parent there or anything like that and saw you know a band and they were just phenomenal I mean I'm from Derby and they played a venue in Derby called the Assembly Rooms which is quite mm -hmm. a big size and I'm pretty sure they brought their own sound system into the venue like they don't arrive and like use the stuff that's there like they bring their mm -hmm. own stuff from the ground up in and it was like monstrous PA system yeah and it just shook like the whole of Derby what was cool about <laughs> that was I felt like I just felt like everybody went to that I felt I mean, like if I've sort of uh, spoken to people over the years um, who are you know of a similar age that were anything to do with Derby or near there or anything. I felt like it yeah. was like a thing that everybody just just went to that. It was when they were um, you know really just starting to break properly and, and get really big. So it's probably like uh, probably around the time of like Jilted Generation or maybe the next album or something like that. But it was like early early days. Um, but you know they were getting big and yeah it just blew my mind really it was just such a show and it was you know yeah. original lineup um and that nobody does what they do better than that i don't think but um i think why uh, the reason why i was um a little bit incredulous that it's your first ever gig because like that's a that is a brutal first gig to go to because the prodigy aren't known for pulling punches they when you're in a prodigy gig you know you're in a prodigy gig right um, yeah, I mean been, that was been that was definitely yeah. stage diving times. That was definitely yes. climbing up the speeds <laughs> and jumping off and just chaos and oh, it was brilliant. Yeah, but I just the, the overriding thing was I just remember how 
how amazing the sound was like it was so loud and and just so good as well it wasn't just like you know deafening and you couldn't hear anything it was just it was incredible you know some of those riffs played through like a monster sound system it just it just sort of takes you over so i think that's the friday night voodoo spirit and uh you mm -hmm. know send everybody back to their tents blown away by <laughs> how good I am at putting on festivals. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're literally blown away by the Prodigy's monster speakers. The tents yeah. are halfway down the mountain, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's great. Well, I think that's such a tight uh, but disparate Friday, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, well, you started with Paul McCartney. I didn't think you were going to end with Prodigy, but somehow it works, you know? I like it. Well, just, also, ima just imagine it. Just imagine, you know, you're settling in with your first drink, whatever, and you, you've got Paul on the piano. You know, everyone's singing along and all that. That Frank comes out and does his thing, takes it up even further, and then Prodigy. You know, <laughs> sun's going down. Mm -hmm. Firestarter. This is Prodigy uh, Jilted Generation era, by the way. Mm -hmm. I should have said so that before. So original lineup. Great stuff. Bear in mind you've had the Prodigy and people are heading back to the tents. Is there a, like a nightlife at your part uh, your, of your festival? Is there lots of nighttime entertainment, or are people getting promptly to bed at ten ten thirty uh, for a full night's rest? Okay, so after the last band finishes, there is comedy, and I've decided to do an unspoken word stage. <laughs> yes. Nice. Okay, and the first act for Friday night is Tape Face. Nice. Very yep. nice. So I won't spoil the other two, but that stage has comedians on who don't talk. And I know Great. I know that feel pretty well because I've supported two of them on tour. One of them is Tapeface. Mm -hmm. And like my brother said to me once, you are the go-to guy for acts that don't talk on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. So that's that's really cool. So the unspoken word, that's a really I gotta say, that's such a novel and wonderful idea to have as well. I'm I'm really I'm digging this festival. Um by digging I mean I'm drilling into this festival with my uh, power drill to to nail Yeah, man, my, drill uh, into it. <laughs> and and also Matt, one one other thing I must remember, must mention is because um, I'm a bit of a hustler, I like to pull in faves and things, and I do know lots of people. I um I once supported uh, this guy on tour, uh, as like his hype man. Uh, it was really good fun actually and so I'm going to get the food at this festival done by the one and only Paul Hollywood wow yeah My so imagine that imagine you you know you've watched those bands and then you've been to the unspoken <laughs> word stage and you feel like a pasty don't you you feel like a pasty or a sausage roll or something well go and see Paul on his stall <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine Paul Hollywood in a hot tin for 18 hour work shift being like he'd do uh, it so Ma Mary he'd Berry do doesn't it. have to do the shit does she <laughs> <laughs> it, mate, he's such a cool guy he would totally do it when I was in lockdown I was doing a little show called the 4 o'clock club and uh, I set my mate a challenge on that every day and one of the challenges was to do a cake like a the, like a bake-off style showstopper cake uh, my friend Ollie and he'd never done any baking before and I got some pictures of the cake and tweeted them to Paul Hollywood bearing in mind I, I was his uh, hype man uh, back in the day and mm -hmm. um, he uh, sent me a video, not even a, not even like a tweet or a picture or something. He sent me a video of him critiquing the cake. That's how cool he is. So yes. the next day when I did my thing on 
Facebook Live, I said to my mate, oh, I've got a bit of feedback here for you about your cake. And he obviously had no idea. And he was like, okay. And then I just played a clip of Paul Hollywood looking at the picture saying, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's got a good topping here and it's got the sponge looks moist and all that. And yeah, uh, wow. it was amazing. So yeah, Paul would do the food. I'm sure he'd do it for me. He's a lovely guy. Yeah. And then you go to stuff. bed. Yeah. yeah. So, wow, Paul Hollywood coming in. <laughs> <laughs> that, that really knocked me for six that one there I didn't expect <laughs> Paul Hollywood to be there but um, yeah lovely stuff um, that's that's cracking uh, we've we got food, we've had comedy we've had a nice night out it's time to feel rejuvenated and head uh, to our Saturday main stage and uh, yeah who have we got uh, open up your Saturday okay the piano's uh, been sound checked again and today on the piano to kick off the Saturday is Lady Gaga Oh, wow. Nice. Now, I've picked Lady Gaga because I think she's one of the most talented people on the planet. I'm not, like, a massive fan of her music per se. I mean, I can hear mm -hmm. the songwriting and that and everything like that, but I just think as a, like, as a, as a whole act, for example, um, I thought she was really fantastic in uh, A Star Is Born. That really mm -hmm. knocked me for six. And also, I remember once she went on... I think it was the Jonathan Ross show. I'm pretty sure it was that. But she went on a chat show like people do and they're promoting their stuff. But then she went and sat down at a piano and did a song. And up until that point, I just heard all her music on the radio. So I just heard like Poker Face and all these like gigantic, you know, na, 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 you know, great mm -hmm. stuff like, you know, pop hits. But um, I'd never really seen her like perform, perform. And she sat down at this piano and sang one of her songs and honestly it was like just the most amazing live thing I'd seen on, of you know someone for ages so I, I remember just watching it thinking wow she's fucking amazing so I would go for Lady Gaga on the piano I think she nice. could pull that off quite easily on a Saturday afternoon I, I gotta agree I think um, Lady Gaga is someone I would I would probably not put into a lineup but um, I certainly I certainly do know her power. Do you know what I mean? I think she she is someone who I really do love and respect because, like, yeah, again, she is more than just her music, isn't she? Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, not just a big hit. She's so much more than that. She's she's um, a generational kind of product. Do you know what I mean? She she's um, she's not just a, a, a forgotten pop star. She's someone who has the staying power to kind of continue that as well. She's really yeah, cool definitely. Career. She's very talented, and I think that again just strip back to just having a voice in the piano like we did with Paul I just think that would be you know an amazing thing to watch and I can imagine everyone like singing along and she probably would do all her hits probably do some new stuff maybe do um, you know a couple of covers or something like that as well because she mm -hmm. could sing anything I think um, and uh, yeah I think that would be a, a great start to Saturday awesome and how about so following Lady Gaga who's on the acoustic guitar so probably not as well known this guy but I think one of my favourite singers alive is a guy called Phil Seth Campbell and yep. I first heard Phil in a band called The Temperance Movement who are yes. well worth checking out Absolutely. Um, he went on from that band to be in another band called The Bison Family um, mm -hmm. and now I think he's kind of sort of taking stock really and thinking about what he's going to do next musically because he actually quite sadly left the Bison family on a tour they were on not long ago. Mm -hmm. I, I I had a ticket to see them in London and um, Phil ended up coming off that show and I think it was the singer of the Maccabees that stood in for him. 
Oh um, wow! Okay. To, to kind of cover him, but I think it's fairly well known that he has, uh, you know, for people that have followed him and 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 know about him and his his music and stuff. I think he's had uh, some struggles with, uh, I think, addiction and um, and probably mental health and stuff like that. I don't want to speak out of turn, mm. but I think um, yeah. he's definitely had some, uh, you know, some demons to to deal with, and and he does talk about things like that sometimes on his Facebook page. So I saw an update recently. Um, him saying he's he's kind of doing better and he's he's feeling good and things like that. So I really wish him well, but also hope that you know he'll be making music again soon and things like that because he is just has the most incredible voice. He's also a great songwriter. Yeah, I, I saw Temperance Movement a uh, movement in um, twenty eighteen uh, a download again and yeah, oh, just great. blown away. Yeah, blo- uh, really blew me away with um, uh, the voice and the style and it was like. Uh, it was very uh, bluesy and kind of um, yeah a, a lot of mood there as well. Uh, so I didn't know about Phil Campbell, uh, but like uh, yeah, it was really uh, it was a very very interesting performance and very um, yeah, it was very. I didn't know I I actually it was a good show with that context on it and uh, where where Phil has been since. Very very interesting there. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, like I say, I just wish him well and. Um... I'm sure he'll, you know, go on to do uh, bigger and better things as well. But um, yeah, again, like Frank, just acoustic guitar, so just uh, filled with an acoustic. And again, you know, greatest hits of his. And um, I think that, you know, if people don't know him, I think they would love him. I, w- I would sell my soul tonight. I would go and meet the <laughs> devil at the crossroads <laughs> to have that voice. I definitely would do it. I, I did not know <laughs> that really took a, a corner there very <laughs> sharp turn like, like, is there a devil at the festival you're allowed to make one wish <laughs> <laughs> he's just got one of these voices the first time I heard it I just went wow that voice is amazing and also just sort of <laughs> thinking oh I wish my voice was like that I just you know maybe sort of go mm. oh why can't I sing like that um, just born with it just a super talent and um, yeah I love him so That's yeah that would be my middle act and who was headlining on your Saturday I'm going for the Killers. Nice, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's quite a vanilla choice in some ways, but you know what? They're pretty unbeatable as a headline act, I think. I um, I came to them quite late. I know a lot of people that have been into them for a long time, but I kind of came to them quite late. But I've just sort of fallen in love with them now. I think um, mm-hmm. that they've got that perfect mix of uh, songs, frontman, and, you know, musical ability. So, you know, sound-wise, music-wise, just you know incredible platform for you know whatever is being sung on top of it but then mm. Brandon just has such an amazing accent and an, an, such an amazing sort of way of singing and, and phrasing things mm-hmm. and stuff like that that it's again just just totally jealous you know like that accent yeah. is just so cool you know what I mean <laughs> I, um, yeah absolutely and I think um calling the killers vanilla is um, kind of a discredit to them because like yeah they, they're a pop rock band but they they have a lot of depth and a lot of interesting places they've been to and also the albums are quite significantly different as well like uh, yeah sorry it, i meant i meant more like you know choosing them as a vanilla choice yeah, not not gotcha. sort of not so much the band are a, a kind of vanilla band i, I mean i mean more yeah. like you know they have headlined you know glastonbury and you know smashed mm-hmm. it and stuff like that so a bit more like you know kind of could be an obvious thing to pick but I just think on a Saturday night they would really do the business and they've got so many mm-hmm. songs. I mean, you know, they've, they've done a lot of albums now, haven't they? So, um, yeah, yeah. Mo- I meant more like that. 
Yeah, and also in terms of theme, it fits like your themes would really fit quite nicely because you kind of have the rockier uh, vibe on uh, Friday night. You have like the poppier Saturday, and obviously we don't know what Sunday is, but the killers are a really nice topper to that because it really it means that you it's it's very consistent and congruent with the, with the rest of your festival. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing about the killers is they could do their songs the piano way or the acoustic way, but obviously you know super powered the full band you know is how we're going to have them on the saturday but one thing um i would just like to mention in case brandon flowers is listening to this is um in during lockdown which i really didn't enjoy for lots of reasons yeah. one mm. thing that really kept me going was um hearing like new music from the killers so caution was out around that time uh, when we were in a sort of heavy lockdown bit and I loved that song thought it was absolutely amazing and also they did a version of it on I think it was like um, I'm not sure which guy but one of the Saturday night uh, sort of chat shows where normally they would go on the show they did it from what looked like Brandon Flowers bathroom um, <laughs> and it was so funny because it was like the drummer of the band was playing an acoustic guitar and Brandon was playing like this great big keyboard and it looked like it just looked like a couple of guys that were like starting a band that like had done nothing <laughs> and I think they even sort of said like I, I can't I'm sort of probably misremembering it but it felt like they sort of presented it like they kind of went hi you know we're in a band called The Killers and this is a song we've written it was sort of like that you know like a, someone doing a home video or something with the and they play through the door being like yeah get out, we're trying you, to could record. The, you could see like toiletries and stuff behind them it's just brilliant <laughs> anyway they did this performance of it and it, it was it was so so brilliant that's on youtube you can you can watch it i just loved how you know simple that was but also you, you know you, you could still see how great that song was and and his voices and things like that so they they've got that thing where they don't hide behind production so, some acts definitely do you know it's, they have so much production that if you if you sat them down with like a piano or an acoustic and sort of said right do your best three songs might not actually stand up that well and i think that's mm -hmm. the thing about them is they can play in a bathroom with an acoustic and a, a sort of great big cranky old keyboard or they could <laughs> do the full works at my frisky frog festival so that's my headliner so i might might have heard this wrong but you're saying that the killers are going to be performing in a porta potty <laughs> to, to show how good they are on, on your festival yeah no very good <laughs> no but i know what you mean though and, and maybe that it should be a test though like if you can play in a bathroom and smash out the park you're a pretty amazing act yeah i mean <laughs> i mean obviously there are like exceptions like you know if you said to the prodigy right come on then play us one of your songs on the guitar they would obviously just look at you like what you know yeah, that's exactly. not what we do yeah. i get that but in terms of like you know being like a band that you know have got instruments and things like that they don't hide behind you know just tons of production and lights and smoke and lasers and whatever that you know they have all that for a big show which is great but uh, you know i, I again it, if they just sang it on an acoustic it would be as strong so um yeah killers for saturday night please brilliant and uh, heading after the amazing set, um, we'll be heading to the comedy stage. Who is um, headlining the unspoken word stage? Uh, another guy that I took. Uh, I know it's the wrong way around. I was going to say took on tour. <laughs> Didn't do that. He took me on tour. Um, Lost Voice guy. Amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll have Take Face on the Friday and then Lost Voice guy on the Saturday night. Nice and yeah, obviously you know, winner of Britain's Got Talent and a very cool and amazing guy and yeah, a really really nice um, a nice topper to the rest of that evening as well, right? So uh, yeah, he'd be brilliant. I mean, if you've not seen him live, his stuff is a lot edgier than 
uh, that he did on, you know, on Britain's Got Talent. So obviously it's kind of like a family show and it's fairly clean and stuff like that. But um, yeah, he's great fun. We did uh, 103 theatres together in 2019, I think it was. And uh, it was carnage. It was brilliant. I mean, he's hilarious on stage, but even funnier off stage because, um, you know, he'd be talking to me via the iPad uh, and that kind of trademark voice. But the stuff he was saying was not the content you would have on TV. (laughs) <laughs> uh, absolutely, because um, I actually um, I was um, I worked a lot with uh, Laura Lex in um, oh, okay. in Edinburgh Fringe, and uh, the year after you won Britain's Got Talent, it was, I think it was twenty nineteen. Um, we were in the turret at Gilded Balloon. I was doing her tech, and uh, we were the show after Lost Voice Guy, and uh, and obviously a lot of people went and say, oh, a lovely, a very nice, safe comedian. And when they went into that room, and came out afterwards, been like, bloody heck, I didn't know he could say such things about the Tories. <laughs> My goodness me. Yeah, exactly. I think he's. I think he's on another tour now, actually. Um, yeah. So if people are listening, I don't know when this goes out, but you might have the chance to go and see him do that. I remember one night after a show, I was driving back to um, a hotel, and uh, we did have a bus actually, but um, for some reason was in my car because I I, don't, I can't remember the logistics. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there was just a rare night when I was driving post show back to the hotel, and he came with me rather than going in like the sort of minibus thing we had and he wasn't talking to me and I thought I'd done something to upset him and what had happened was we'd gone round a roundabout and his iPad had slipped off his lap onto the floor so oh, he no. couldn't yeah. he couldn't use it to talk to me so I was driving yeah. along and I was saying stuff and he wasn't replying and I was thinking like oh I've upset him or something or whatever but obviously it wasn't that it was that he dropped it but he couldn't tell me that because yeah. it was on the floor and he couldn't tell me so it wasn't until a bit later on that I worked out what was going on and oh we were both just laughing so much it was yeah. really really funny but yeah we had loads of uh, loads of fun on that tour I was very grateful to uh, be taken on it it was great fun so heading to your final day the, who is on the piano on your Sunday okay it's, I like that you know you know the drill now I, I like that you've yeah. fallen into line with how the festival works so <laughs> this one's going to blow your mind so the piano is yeah. back it's the same piano every day by the way we don't have three different yeah. pianos it's like the piano for the show um, mm-hmm. so on the Sunday we're going to have NWA with Whoa, Dr. What? Dre on the piano, that that is that is a curveball right there. Yeah, what well, Dre is super super yeah. talented, and he definitely can play the piano and stuff. That like that, I'm, I'm convinced that, that he would be fine with that. So they're gonna do, um, you know, first couple of um, albums like so. It's that era, but with mm-hmm. um, with Dre playing like the piano as the backing to it. That's my plan. Wow. Okay, that is. No one's expecting that. No, no one is expecting that. And imagine you're you're a bit hungover and you wake yeah. up and you just kind of you go to see NWA play piano and being like, "Fuck the police." <laughs> <laughs> so it's not going to be like they're not going to do it in like ballad style. They're yeah. going to do it like <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, they're going to they're going to do like you know the, the the normal way of like doing those songs, but it's rap, just that the backing's yeah, yeah. going to come from Dre on the piano. And, uh, yeah, that, but I think that that, that would be really intimate, though, right? It'd be amazing. No one's expecting that. I mean, the piano gets set up. They think, right, about Paul McCartney, Lady Gaga. People will be saying, oh, I think it's going to be, you know, blah blah blah. I think it's going to be blah blah blah. And then NWA, like back in the day, all those caps that they used to wear, and they've all got those like same jackets mm-hmm. and everything. They all come out together as like a big, you know, gang. Everyone's like, whoa! Did not expect yeah. this. <laughs> and then yeah, Doctor Dre on the piano. So after NWA, uh, who is on the acoustic? Bruce Springsteen. 
<gasps> yes, mate. I love Springsteen. Yeah, yes. Bruce Springsteen probably dedicating Thunder Road to Johnny Awesome for putting on such a brilliant festival. <laughs> You know what? Of every, everyone has uh, a lot of things which I would people I would book, but that is the most Matt Hoss answer I've ever seen. I'd I would get Bruce Springsteen to give me a shout out uh, and play one of my favorite songs ever. <laughs> like like I you've inadvertently summoned me there. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, just I think one of the greatest songs ever written. Um, yeah, and I came to that quite late as well, Frank. Turner told me about that song because he started um, playing that when he was first gigging. He would play that quite regularly as one of the tracks in his set when he was still writing his stuff. So, you know, when he's getting his set together, he would do yeah. uh, Thunder Road. And I remember um, him saying, oh, you know, it's just the best. I'm going to maybe get a tattoo of it. I don't think he did do that in the end. But um, at one point he was talking about getting a giant tattoo of Thunder Road across his chest, I think. But I don't think he did. But um, yeah. yeah, it's just that song is just like... Um, I, I, I've always thought the closest thing to magic or, or something that I believe is magic is like music and I know that sounds kind of like a bit like maybe a bit sort of sappy but what I mean by that is I can't really think of anything else that can kind of transport you or put the emotion through you like music can you know can make you feel like when you were 15 at a party and some girl kissed you or you know somebody turned you down or whatever like the way mm. that it can transport you just from hearing like a 30 seconds of something and that song is just so epic it's like the way it builds but also the the words i mean it's just it's like a, a story but that you just can totally you know you're like you're almost there when you're listening to it it's just amazing but also more than that that's on the born to run album and that's yeah. the start of that album and like but that it's not just it's not only is it that song the whole album's an epic it's a it's that place in time of that um i think my kind of theory on like what makes an album not just a, a great album to a masterpiece is is that capturing that time and place and the context and yeah. uh, capturing that mood of the time because um, that's what uh, Born to Run is it's that kind of idealistic we're 20 years old we're, we're out in the town we're going to party and we're going to live like there's no tomorrow and then you have the following album which is Darkness on the Edge of Town which is the same story, but two years later on, where these people are a lot more cynical and uh, they're still yep. young, but they also have to work for their way of life these days and stuff like that. And it's uh, yeah, I think that Bruce has that that real life um, aspect to it, which is uh, hard to deny. And I'm going to go 2022 there as well. Same for Phil, nice. Seth Campbell, and same for Frank. So they're all present day versions of themselves. So who is headlining uh, your festival? Okay, so. I just literally couldn't pick between these two bands, so I've decided that they're doing a collab of this uh, fest at this festival. I've decided nice. that it's a uh, you know they probably did play together over the years lots of times anyway. But my headliner is Queen featuring Dire Straits. Whoa, that's I'm, <laughs> Queen. I suspected, uh, but Dire Straits uh, as a collaboration, I would never have guessed in a million years. Like uh, they are uh, rightful headliners. <laughs> I never really see them collaborating, but yeah, that's that's an interesting mix. Uh, what, yeah. what, how how do you think that collaboration would work? Well, I'm thinking that they probably have just basically have like a super band, so okay. you yeah. know maybe they could call it like Straight Queen. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and I think they basically just take it in turns to do their songs because they've got so many incredible monster hits each. 
and you know yeah. share, sharing vocals and stuff like that if 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 um freddie's singing a queen song maybe uh mark Knopfler, you know does some backing on it and then you know and vice versa um yeah. I, I i think it'll be amazing i think um you know that that is the way to finish the music on the sunday night at my festival queen both those bands my dad was into when you know when i was a kid and used to like hear them around the house all the time and stuff like that and it's just never left me i love both those bands that's cracking stuff and with that in mind after queen and dire straits who is uh on your final uh final act of the of the festival who is uh, the comedy act Okay, so the last act on the unspoken word stage is Raymond and Mr. Timpkins. Oh, nice. Yes. Just pure joy. If you've never seen them, they're just amazing at what they do. It's so feel good. It's so funny. It's so clever. And yeah, just really, really good fun. I mean, I almost think the spirit of their act would sort of sum up the whole festival, really. You've got you to yeah. let go when you watch them. You've got to just get, you know, get amongst it and be a part of it. And, um, Absolutely. And I think they'd be the perfect thing to finish. And then, obviously, the last person you would see the whole of the festival would be going to see what Paul's got left in his locker. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Literally in his locker, he just he just got a big food locker full of like we vegetables still, and still got a few cream tarts here. I don't know what I don't. He didn't talk like that. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm doing that voice. <laughs> see, see, if Paul's got any pies left or any loaves yeah. or anything. <laughs> Paul's Paul Hollywood's pot pie, so yeah, that'd be nice. And what an amazing festival! I think we uh, covered a lot of ground there. But before we um, just to wrap things up, we let's go and deal with some floor fillers. As with event management, things are bound to go wrong, so here's a handful of hypothetical questions that our guest has to deal with in a manner that he sees fit. Okay. Oh no, the killers have cancelled last minute. Who do you get to replace them? I'll go on and do it. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody get me a keyboard now. No, not you, Paul. You've got the sausage rolls to make. You go back to the stall. I'll go on and I'll try and do some killers covers. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you could have any band in the history of music come All on right. and do it. But you'd be like, you know what? I'll do it myself. Oh, I thought you meant like it just like literally happened at the festival. I didn't realise it was like an advanced thing. I thought like on the day they've like fallen down a hole or something. <laughs> Which is a curse with Table Mountain. But uh, um, <laughs> but Johnny, I'm, I'm totally... I think you should, you should do it. I think um, that would be... A, I would get a real big kick out of that i think watching you do killers covers is um would be a spectacle in itself so yeah i would try my best that's all i can do matt i'll just try my best oh oh dear someone's running late and you need to fill for time but fortunately one of your favorite celebrities is willing to do a dj set for you and they don't need to be a dj but which celebrity would you pick okay i would go for johnny vaughan Johnny Vaughan, yes, that's very Johnny Vaughan cool. because his chat is as good as you know the the tunes yeah. I think he'd pick. And uh, I don't know about you, but I grew up watching Big Breakfast, and Johnny and Denise, 
was some of the funniest telly I ever saw. It was absolute carnage. I think half the time they were just literally like just mucking around and people were trying to just keep the show on track. Um, so yeah, I'd go for Johnny Vaughan and uh, I think his in-between record chat would be worth the um, the free ticket alone. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. the, the admission price, but I've just remembered it's free. But it would be brilliant, yeah. <laughs> go for him. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be a hard one for you. Frank Turner and Bruce Springsteen hate each other's guts. They say they won't perform if the other one is performing. How would you negotiate? Or if worse comes to worse, who would you pick? Uh, well, first of all, I think they probably in real life do get on. I think um, <laughs> I'm pretty confident that Bruce has heard Frank's stuff and I think he rates him. I think that's right. Um, but in the fantasy of this, if that happened, I would... I think I, I think I would have a, a mediator and I think the mediator for that for this job is is a man that called Paul Hollywood and I think what he would do <laughs> is he would sit down and he would encourage them both to break bread together at one of his loaves maybe maybe you know a uh, a, um, a sort of a, one filled with nuts and berries and some kind of you know like real like wildlife I don't know what I'm talking about here. I don't do baking yeah. like Paul, but some some kind of special loaf that they could sit yeah. down to break that bread together, share and talk it out. And if worse came to worst, I would keep Frank on the bill and I'd have to say goodbye to Bruce because I've known for Frank for a lot longer than Bruce. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that, that was a, I, I think Paul Hollywood is doing a lot of magical stuff at your <laughs> festival. He's working overtime, but fair play. Final question. One of your acts have forgotten their equipment, but good news, they can do an acoustic set. You can't pick someone who's already doing an acoustic set, but which one, which band would you choose to make do an acoustic set? Okay, I think based on what we chatted about before with the bathroom thing, I think I'd just, mm. I'd take, I'd make the killers um, yeah, do the acoustic, because I think they'd be absolutely fine, and I actually quite like the idea that in that band the drummer can play guitar as well. Um, if you watch that clip, it's him on the guitar when Brandon's on the keyboard. So it obviously shows that, you know, he can just play songs on guitar as well as be a brilliant drummer. So yeah, I think that would be a, a quite a good way to do it. I'd, I'd get the killers to do it. Maybe we could make the set look like the bathroom so they felt <laughs> yes. a bit more at home. And uh, I think that'd be quite good. Yeah. And that is the end of Floor Fillers, and that is the end of this festival and the podcast. Have you had a nice time, Johnny? I've had a wonderful time. I've forgotten my one of my smaller stages. Can I quickly whiz through it now? Tell you what, smash it out. <laughs> okay, so this is the spoken word stage where you are allowed to talk. Okay. Yep. And I've got one thing for each day. I have the Parapod, which is one nice. of my favourite podcasts with... Um, Ian and Barry if you've not listened to that mm-hmm. that's well worth a listen that's basically Barry who believes in ghosts and Ian who doesn't arguing that's basically it and it's brilliant yeah um, it's very funny good movie as well I do yeah great movie I do an update from Death in Ice Valley which is a BBC podcast that was made by Marit Highgraff and um, Neil McCarthy and that is a documentary about a body that was found uh, in this really strange place and they tried to use the podcast to see if they could work out um, who it was and, and this is from many years ago so I think an update on that would be good and then to finish my spoken word stage I'd have Stephen King himself reading 
from one of his classic books. But yeah, that sounds really great, and uh, <laughs> thank you for putting on the uh, Final Bit to your festival there. And I, all all of that, I would definitely, I would be a very frisky frog at that festival. But uh, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny, where can we find you online? So at this point, Johnny's audio slightly went a bit fried, but you can find Johnny at johnnyawesome.com and awesome is spelled A-W-S-U-M as in on the title card of this episode fantastic stuff and thank you so much for listening to Castable Listener uh, if you could please give us five stars on uh, whatever platform you're listening to and also share it with your friends as well um, I've been Matt Hoss and this has been Castable please give it up for our wonderful guest Johnny Awesome thank you so much I've loved this podcast thank you very much You know what? That was a real joy, man. I've done loads of pods, but that was like I actually got quite stressed about it just because. Yeah. <laughs> um, 